What do we think of the latest NFL head coaching rumors and what they could do for fantasy football in 2024? And what do we have for our prize picks picks of the week for the divisional playoffs? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we close another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Together, we're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league or in your DFS contest all year long. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team as well year round so we've got you covered this episode of locked on fantasy football is brought to you by prize picks we're gonna have our prize picks picks of the week later in the show so tune in for that so you can get out of the action it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to pricepicks.com slash lock nfl and use the code all lowercase lock nfl for first deposit match up to 100 dollars before we get into the prize picks we'll save that for the last segment we're gonna look at the nfl coaching rumors they're all over the place now Two teams that are not going to be changing coaches based on what we know right now, the Cowboys. Jerry Jones even released a statement saying Mike McCarthy is going to be back. So, look, that's not bad, right? I mean, the offense was pretty good except for the running game, and they could be moving on from Tony Pollard. So that's some positive news maybe. And Mike Tomlin, look, the big thing is not Mike Tomlin. It's finding the next offensive coordinator to get this team rolling in the right direction. So, so the Steelers and Cowboys not making changes, but one team we know is the Atlanta Falcons. And look, some big, big names have been put in play for the Falcons here to replace Arthur Smith, Bill Belichick, and Jim Harbaugh, Michelle. Now, would you be crazy about Belichick taking over? I guess it depends on who he's bringing in offensively, but I don't know if that's the best situation for him and for the Falcons to be better in fantasy. Yeah, unless he brings in Josh McDaniels, maybe, right? But yeah. he has a second interview scheduled with the Falcons. I would hate this. Like I I know he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, right? Like I get that. But I also think he's at the stage where maybe it's time for him just to walk away. And for fantasy football, he would like I don't think going from Arthur Smith from the Falcons where he refused to use all of his best playmakers, especially how much he wanted to use Tyler Algier more than Bijan, like we know Bill Belichick loves to ruin backfields. I mean, how many years have we had a good backfield for fantasy with the Patriots? Not very often because it was always a headache. You never knew what they were going to use there. So I'm not excited about this. If you're a Bijan and a Robinson manager in Dynasty or you're excited for him to be better next year, like hate that if it's Bill Belichick. I'll say for the, the two coaches you brought up earlier, I think Mike McCarthy being back, as long as you're not a Cowboys fan, like, I don't care if they win playoff games. I just want fantasy points. So that's amazing for them. And then Mike Tomlin, I'm so happy he said he's looking outside for an offensive coordinator and they're not just going to promote inside, which they do often. I I think that's great news for Steelers uh, players when it comes to fantasy. He did mention that Kenny Pickett will go in as the QB1 
but he did say he'll have competition. So at least there's that. But yeah, what would be your thoughts on Bijan Robinson specifically and Kyle Pitts if Bill Belichick was the new head coach for the Falcons? Yeah, I would be a little bit patient. I mean, the one thing I would say, the upside is when they had the connection working with the quarterback, I mean, that would be my concern, right? Is he going to hit on the quarterback? Because we yeah, saw right. after Tom Brady, Mac Jones didn't work, right? And it was uh, then Bailey Zappi. They need to find someone who's going to take full advantage of these weapons. Now, if you look at it, look, Ramondre Stevenson was rather big in fantasy, as well as Ezekiel Elliott once Stevenson went down. So I think it, there's better hope than Robinson just for the talent-wise. I think you would see a little bit of Algier, but I think you could see it very much like we saw with Stevenson and Elliott, and Algier would be a very high and uh, back up here. So something to look at there. I think one thing you, he would do is make sure the offensive line is pretty solid and maybe bring in some of those guys, Trent Brown, David Onwenu, are both uh, free agents there for New England. So that would be maybe something they could do is upgrade that way. So I wouldn't be too down on it yet. At least this time he doesn't have to get a first-round receiver, first-round tight end. Somebody's already drafted that for him. So there's something to look at there. But, yeah, I agree with you. There'd be a bigger upside in other play, in other coaches there. And you look at Ben Johnson. You look at the direct correlation. You could look at Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. Okay, that's going to translate well to the primary weapons of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and definitely Bijan. So when you look at that, there's that. But Jim Harbaugh, I think, is the most intriguing for me for Atlanta because, look, we know he knows how to win. We know he could make a package deal and bring his quarterback he trusts from college, J.J. McCarthy. They're right in the wheelhouse to draft him. I think so. It's interesting with Harbaugh. Now, I'll pose this to you, Michelle. Where would you want Harbaugh if he's going to leave Michigan? So there's that contingency. Would you want him on the Falcons more or on the Chargers more, and would you immediately want a big part of that offense wherever he goes? Yeah, so he's interviewing with the Falcons and Chargers as of right now. Maybe he ends up taking another interview with another team, but I think the Chargers is by far the better landing spot for him. I think that would be the perfect coach for Justin Herbert. I don't think the Chargers should go with one of these younger guys, like a Ben Johnson or Bobby Sloak, who we'll talk about in the next section where we want to see them. I think Justin Herbert has many years now under his belt in the NFL, they do have a team of veterans uh, for the Chargers. I think Jim Bar Harbaugh would be perfect there to help Justin Herbert get back on track. Obviously, we need to keep these guys healthy. But I think that's the kind of coach you're looking for. Like when the, the Cowboys went and got a Mike McCarthy, that was perfect for Dak at that time in his career. You don't go someone young. I think the Falcons, on the other hand, should go with someone young. That's why they're a younger team. They don't have a quarterback right now. You need to develop the quarterback. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh's going to want to walk into that type of situation in the NFL because that's risky, right? You could fail. But Justin Herbert, it's a perfect spot to bring a veteran like Jim who has so much experience. I would love that landing spot for him with the Chargers. And then, but at the same time, I'm scared of it because I'm scared I'll fall back into the Justin Herbert <laughs> train and draft him too early again because it happens every offseason. I talk myself into Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting because it's a little bit different, right? Alex Smith never put up big numbers under Jim Harbaugh. Colin Kaepernick did that in a short period of time, but it was more with his legs. That's the impact. So we haven't seen this type of quarterback that kind of can put it all together. This is definitely his most talented all-around quarterback should he go to the Chargers. And remember, he ended his career, played some of his late career with the Chargers. So there's a little bit of history there for Jim Harbaugh. He was a kind of a captain comeback type quarterback late in his career. So maybe that's appealing to him. And also the fact that 
look, the Chargers are loaded, so it may not take too much time to turn them into a championship team because you got Herbert. And that's the big difference. Herbert is a big difference between all the other coaching openings, right? You get this quarterback that you don't have a question about. You don't have to figure out what am I going to do? What am I going to get from the first rounder that I'm going to get? Do I need to go to bridge quarterback? You don't have to do any of that, right? You plug and play and go there. I think the bigger question with the Chargers would be the other part. So it's kind of interesting. They're opposite. Where Herbert, you feel great about, but Mike Williams coming off a big injury. Austin Eckler's a free agent. Keenan Allen's getting older. You're not sure about Quentin Johnston, right? at all after being a first round pick and they probably need to go get a tight end with Gerald Everett free agency. So there's a lot of things around the quarterback that you're going to have to fix. So I, I think it'd be tough, but I think I would want to have Harbaugh with Herbert versus yep. Harbaugh in an improving situation, especially as McCarthy, because I'm not totally sold that he's going to be delivered as a first round quarterback in this league with, with a lot of more dynamic athletes and passers that are available in the first round. Yeah, I'm with you there. We're going to get into Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. I think they're the hottest, you know, offensive coordinators right now that are interviewing for new jobs. We're not going to just talk about where we want to see them, but the impact they will also have on the Lions and the Texans if they were to depart. And should that change our minds about some of these players going super high in drafts next year? Uh, So that will be uh, fun to dig into with you all. All right, before we get into all that and then our price fix fix of the week in the last segment, we got to hear from, right now, a couple of our sponsors. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. More than 122 million parts for your number one ride at IU. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, if your part is guaranteed to fit your ride, it'll happen here with eBay Motors every time. You can count on that or you'll get your money back because eBay Motors you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy for you to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Multiple items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guarantee fit only available to United States customers. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you give when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Like you can find bets in the new Explore tab or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And you can even make in-game wagers and live same-game parlays. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LOCKDOWN and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, I think this is a really important question, like conversation to have, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator of the Lions. Bobby Slug, offensive coordinator of the Texans. Two of the hottest offenses in the league right now. 
And you might say, oh, I'm not worried about if they leave, right? They'll, they'll figure it out. These offensive playmakers are so good. I want to remind everyone of Shane Steichen because he has now left two quarterbacks behind, right? So he was Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator with the Chargers when Herbert was a rookie. We have not seen Justin Herbert be as consistently good as a fantasy player since he left. Mm-hmm. Shane Steichen was uh, Jalen Hurts' offensive coordinator last year. He leaves the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense is not nearly as good as they were with him. And then all of a sudden, Shane Steichen becomes the head coach of the Colts, and he really made a lot of players fantasy relevant there and made Michael Pittman break out. So offensive coordinators leaving and coming matter so much. It might matter even more than head coaches. So let's start with Ben Johnson because it seems like he will definitely be leaving. He had the opportunity last year to maybe take a head coaching job. He stayed with the Lions for one more year. But he has interviews with the Falcons, the Panthers, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Titans, and the Commanders. So pretty much everyone who needs a head coach is looking at Ben Johnson. Where would you like to see him go as a head coach? What team would be most exciting for you? Well, I can actually give you the breakdown of the top six and put them in order for you if you want. Okay. I, yeah, I'll do that. The Falcons are number one for the reason I decided. I mean, you have parallels with those weapons, right? London, Pitts, and Robinson to what they have now in Detroit. So you figure, okay, those guys are producing at a high level of fantasy, so that's good for that. Now, I'd say number two, it might surprise you, it's actually the Titans because I think he can do some things with Will Levis. You have Chig Conquo there. Maybe uh, we'll see if Traylon Burks can do anything, but there's some weapons there, right? And I think they'll be ready to unlock Ty J Spears as well. So that's uh, kind of how I look at it there with Ben Johnson and what he can bring to Tennessee. And then, of course, we talked about the Chargers just having all those built-in things with Justin Herbert. The Seahawks, I mean, they don't use the tight end a lot, so that could uh, maybe be a good pivot there for Geno Smith and uh, try to put that offense going forward. Then it's the commanders because you look at, okay, we are going to have to blow some of these things up, but we have some receivers that we like, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, and maybe get a little bit more help at tight end. So you have some things you like, and I really think Brian Robinson Jr. can be a special back in this league as well. So that's how I break it down. Clearly, last place is the Panthers because there's so much work to do. They just fired their GM. Unfortunately, Michelle, this could really happen because he's a guy that uh, hails from Asheville, North Carolina, down the road here from Charlotte, and uh, he went to North Carolina. So if they can convince him to get home with a lot of money, which David Tepper has, unfortunately, that could keep him in a situation that we don't like. And then Lions are going to have to get used to that tough brain drain as well. Yeah, I'm with you. Falcons number one. Now, I think the biggest question mark is the quarterback. They need to figure out the quarterback position. I wouldn't really like it if they just drafted a guy in the middle round or like in the middle of the first round. And they were like, hey, Ben Johnson, figure this out. Trading for Justin Fields would be my favorite part. And then you have all the weapons with the Falcons. That would be my ideal situation there. But Washington is also very, very interesting because they have that number two overall pick right? So they're going to get one of those top quarterbacks. They have Terry McLaurin. Maybe Jahan Dotson comes back to life with Ben Johnson. They're like, they have playmakers and you brought up Brian Robinson Jr. can be very good in this league. So that would be very intriguing to me. Let's talk about the impact it would have on the lions. If he, if he does leave Amon Ross, Brown and Jameer Gibbs, they're going to be probably first round picks next year in fantasy. Does this scare you at all? Yeah, I mean, with his departure, is that now make them a risky first round pick? 
Yeah, it just depends on who they can hire and if that person is an experienced coordinator that has a certain game plan or scheme. I think Dan Campbell would be smart enough to make sure it continues to mesh with the philosophy of what he has with Jared Goff and his mentality. And I think part of this is Ben Johnson, but part of it is also Jared Goff, right? Going back to Los Angeles, he liked to throw to Cooper Cup in the slot. He liked to throw to Tyler Higby at tight end. So some of that is in play. What I may like to see from the next guy is maybe scrap forcing in this committee approach, right? Let Jameer Gibbs be the lead. Dave Montgomery kind of just being the occasional back you bring in. He's going to get a little bit older. And maybe he's a guy who comes in in some scoring situations. But Jameer Gibbs gets the pretty much the high volume everywhere else. So that's the one thing I wouldn't mind from that next coach. But, yeah, it's just hard. Replace these guys that are play callers at a very high level. It just immediately – you're going to have some drop-off, and you just have to expect that unless you hire the next genius, which could happen, but it's unlikely to have back-to-back guys of that level. Yeah, and let's move on to Bobby Slowick because what he's done is insanely impressive. This is his first year as an offensive coordinator um, for the Texans. He came over from the 49ers. He was the quarterback coach for the 49ers, I believe. Uh, but we'll see if he's ready to move on and get a head coaching job. I'm really hoping he stays with the Texans because I want CJ Stroud and Tink Dell and Nico Collins to keep thriving. And it would stink if Stroud had to learn from a new OC already. But he has Slowick has interviews with the Panthers, Seahawks, and Titans. I think very clearly his best landing spot for fantasy and for him would be the Seahawks. I can see Geno Smith kind of being a, a, a similar type of player to Stroud with like their passing abilities and like their deep throws that they they make and they can stay in the pocket and all that like I I see uh similar connections between those two obviously Stroud has a much higher ceiling than Smith but then also you have your DK Metcalf already there you have Jackson Smith the Jigba already there Tyler Lockett's getting older but he should still probably be there like you have all these weapons and then Kenneth Walker and um Charbonnet like that's a loaded offense and it would be really fun to see a young up-and-coming Uh, offensive guy there as a head coach yeah I thought Shane Waldron might be in the mix and they barred from the Rams offense and they tried to install a little bit of what Sean McVay was doing there in Seattle so might as well steal from the 49ers offense through a third party here and try to install that I mean the 49ers offense why wouldn't you want a piece of that right now yeah Mike McDaniel you've got to slow it and what he's doing the 49ers themselves the original now it didn't actually work with uh, Michael Floor in that situation but there is a connection to Matt LaFleur and what the Packers did with uh, Jordan Love so yeah that's the offense I want the most because I think it's malleable it's versatile it's explosive there I think that's the offense I definitely want if I've got some good skill players. So yeah, I think slow make a good point about the parallels there. And uh, look, I could see Smith and the Jigba being a big part too. And I don't think he's going to be as, as explosive a tank Dell, but I think going forward, you could see Metcalf and Smith and the Jigba being those type of players that Collins and Dell are for the Texans. And then, maybe get a little bit more tight end involved, right? And Seattle has been dead at tight end, but they do have some talent there. That position with Noah Fant is a good athletic receiver. So, yeah, I agree with you there with Slowick. And, again, the Texans, again, I don't know. It's going to be really hard to replace him because I think he's the main reason they won against the Browns last week. He was just designing big plays all over the field. He's the big reason why Stroud has done well and. Look, we know young quarterbacks, we don't want them to go through the ringer of offense coordinators early in their career. 
That's why the Texans, I think, I wish they could just pay him a lot, right? Just say, hey, we'll give you this huge promotion to stay on with us. BOC, you don't have, get more experience, A, as a coach, because this would be a huge leap right away, still young. Like, get your experience, just kill it, stay with us. Uh, CJ Stroud having to change offensive coordinators this early, that would really scare me off of him for next year. I'm not saying he can't still be great. Uh, but yes. that would really scare me off of drafting Stroud or ranking him too high. So I really hope the Texans can figure out a way to keep him. If not, then it would be fun to see him with the Seahawks. Uh, we'll we'll figure out where all these coaches land. We'll probably get some news about it in the next week or two. So that will be fun to see where everybody lands. To end our week's show, we're going to get into our favorite prize picks, picks of the week. But first, let's talk about prize picks. This show is sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Vinny and I will go through our favorite Price Picks picks of the week in our next segment. If you want to join us and get in on the action of this week's slate of games, all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com/lockedonnfl and use code lockedonnfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com/lockedonnfl. Use promo code lockedonnfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. As always, we're going to give our three favorite prize picks picks of the week plus our favorite demon pick. So demon pick means that it's harder. It's harder to hit. It's more risky, but you get a bigger payout if it hits. So we'll give you our favorite demon pick plus three regular picks. Go ahead, Vinny. Go through your uh, four picks. Yeah, I'm, I have my usual kind of low-end specials here that I'm going to go with, but I'm going to go with the high-end one right away and that's Brock Purdy more than 265.5 passing yards again the Packers defense it looked a lot better than it really was last week and really because he had those two interceptions the pick six and the other one that came before that really set up a touchdown set the tone for the game but you saw still Dak Prescott throw for 400 yards now I don't expect the game script to be the same here but I think the 49ers are going to be relentless with Brock Purdy throwing because there are going to be big plays open all over the field with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and maybe a little Debo Samuel and maybe a few others getting involved. But Brock Purdy, 265.5, I think uh, it's a potential smash, and that's why I have it uh, number one. Now, the one thing I noticed last week, and I think you could go with either quarterback in this game, in the Chiefs-Bills, Rushing, right? We saw Patrick Mahomes make some big plays with his legs in that game against the Dolphins, get some first downs, take off when he was in trouble. You also have Josh Allen, and Josh Allen definitely is dedicated to running more in the playoffs when they need him most. But Josh Allen's numbers above 45 yards in this one, where you have Patrick Mahomes, he's at 28.5. And he, he is a little bit fickle with his running, but I think the other thing he trusts besides Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice and Isaiah Pacheco is his playmaking ability, right? He's going to be on the run. The Bills are going to open things up a little bit, and he's going to take off and get some key first downs. So I like that at 28.5 more rushing yards for Patrick Mahomes. Now, my demon pick and my 
third pick are a little bit offbeat looking for the third receiver or third option on the teams. But I'm looking at Trey Palmer, and he has a good matchup. But Chris Godwin is banged up. He is the guy that Baker Mayfield trusts a lot, and he doesn't need maybe more than one or two catches to get the 17.5 receiving yards. And look, I have him in DFS as well, and we like him in the flex slash third wide receiver spot in our FanDuel lineup. So correlation, we got to go with him. 17.5, if we don't get 18 receiving yards, it's going to be really disappointing to have him in our lineup. So I'm going to say I'm going to root for it twice with Trey Palmer here at 17.5. And my demon pick I'm going with Odell Beckham Jr. And I thought this might actually be his regular pick, but I said, okay, we'll do this for Demon. 49.5 receiving yards. I think Odell's going to show up. It's the playoffs. They have a good matchup for him as well on the outside. He's going to be revved up for his new team. We know what he did with the Rams during their Super Bowl run just a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I'm feeling with Odell being a big factor in this game in the downfield passing game for the Ravens. So I got Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, Trey Palmer, and Odell Beckham Jr. as my prize picks, picks of the week. Yeah, Brock Purdy's line smash, uh, just smash. At, at home, he's, like, yeah. he's going to hit the 260, unless this is a blowout where the 49ers just are up by like 35 to 3 or something and they rest him in the fourth quarter. He's smashing that. Patrick Mahomes uses his legs all the time in the playoffs. That's when he relies on them. He's not worried. Like It's it's all about winning right now, right? He's not worried about getting hurt. So love that. And Trey Palmer, you just need one catch from him. That's it. And he should yeah. hit that. Uh, because he normally gets those deep throws. Uh, my three. So I'm starting with Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going with my lock as well. So with your Brock Purdy passing, who's going to catch the balls? Brandon Ayuk. He, there's His line is sitting at 67 and a half receiving yards. So I'm taking more. He averages 105 receiving yards per game at home. Week 18. Was, like So these were his last five home games. 109 yards, 156, 126, and 113. Now, also 25, but that was in week 18 with Sam Darnold, and he played very limited snaps because the the starters were resting, so I'm not going to count that. Uh, I I think he easily gets more than 70 receiving yards, and if you go on FanDuel or, or something like that, you can do the alternates. And I would go all the way up to like 80, 90 receiving yards for him. So I feel very confident on that for prize picks more than 67 and a half. And then my next one, I'm doing Baker Mayfield plus Jared Goff to have a combined 537 and a half passing yards. So you can have those combos of the passing yards. So again, that's more than 537 and a half passing yards between Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff. They've hit this in four of their last five in four of the last five weeks. They've had 580 plus combined passing yards in three of the last five weeks. So destroyed this number. They had 614 combined passing yards last week in the wild card round. And they're both facing bad secondaries. They're in the same game together, facing bad secondaries. Lions are allowing the most passing yards per game in the NFL this year. The Bucks have allowed the fifth most passing yards per game. So I love this line. And this also allows one guy to have a bad game and the other guy could blow up, right? So it allows yeah. different ways where these guys get hit. So I like combining them. And then my last regular pick is Travis Kelsey, more than 63 and a half receiving yards. I feel like we think Travis Kelsey has been just absolutely broken and done nothing. But he does have 70-plus receiving yards in four of the last seven games, right? So for yeah. a tight end, that's still really good. He just went through that stretch of three down games. But last week, he came back to life, 71 receiving yards. He had 10 targets, seven receptions. Uh, but even during that span that I talked about, he had 83 yards against the Bills in Week 14, 
The Bills are super injured right now over the middle, especially at linebacker. Pat Firemuth, who has done absolutely nothing, just put up 76 yards on the Bills last weekend. So I think Travis Kelsey will be the main guy for the Chiefs again this week and have at least 70 receiving yards. And then my favorite demon pick of the week is George Kittle, more than 0.5 rush plus receiving touchdown. So he just needs one touchdown in this game to hit it. He has one touchdown in three of the last five home games. The two games he didn't, he had 11 targets for 149 and 10 targets for 126. So it's pretty wild he didn't get into the end zone there. No team has allowed more touchdowns, two tight ends on the Packers since week 11. Jake Ferguson just put up three against them last week. And since week 11, these are the guys that put up touchdowns against the Packers. Jake Ferguson, Noah Gray, Stone Smart, Johnny Munt, Sam Laporta, and Co. Keift, uh, all tight ends against the Packers. So like him to get in the end zone in this game. Yeah, George Kittle is probably going to get the end zone. It's probably going to be like a 40-yard play over the middle, something like that. Yep. I could definitely see that happen now. And Ayuk, I mean, I love Brandon Ayuk. I like when he goes nuts because they have the best call there on the radio with Ayuk being on fire. I think he's going to light up the Packers. We talked about Jair Alexander not being all that. I mean, that's something you look at. And then Kelsey, yeah, I agree with you. He's not Travis Kelsey by his standard from last year that was incredibly high, and he wasn't scoring a lot of touchdowns, but he was still involved in the offense. And like I said before, it's Patrick Mahomes' favorite time where he's going to trust the things that get him there and have gotten him there before. And Kelsey is definitely one of those things. And Baker Goff, the only beef I have about this one, Michelle, is you're going to make people do math. They're going to have to figure this out <laughs> at the end of the game. Oh, did, uh, did this, uh, okay, does it add up to 537? But hopefully it's like 300, 300. It's something easy. Then we know it's 600, and we've, we've cleared this uh, a lot. But I do like that. That one is a very sneaky one to go after. So good picks all around. I think we were close. I, I know I hit three of mine. I couldn't remember the demon. I didn't know the exact number on James Cook last week, but yeah, I mean, it's a little bit easier in the playoffs, right? You know, these teams tendencies, you have a lot of history and you kind of know the tendency of the defense. So good time to get it on price picks before it's all done. We thank them again for sponsoring uh, this episode for Locked On Fantasy Football and this week of shows breaking out of divisional playoffs. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye y'all.